like that. You Hello, everybody, and welcome that. to like this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are excited to be here today. It is a hot one, I am predicting today. <laughs> I haven't looked at the weather or anything. It's it's a little rainy out right now, but but I'm expecting it to be hot. I, I, think, I think when this show comes out, we're going to have a hot one because this show is just going to be boiling lava hot. No hot takes or anything, but it's just going to be such a good show that you're not going to want to look away. Your ears are going to be burning from all the knowledge that will be entering your ear holes through your, your car speakers, through your headphones, through your phone speakers, through through wherever it's just going to be a hot one today, so I hope you all are prepared. And with that being said, let's go over the housekeeping items first. Make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. And uh, make sure you like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out some of our recent videos following the 2023 Gold Cup. We will go over soccer in a little bit. But the main thing here is, again, make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, that's right. And leave a rating out of five stars on both as well. It could be a one-star rating or a five-star rating. Obviously, I would very much appreciate the five-star rating. But if you don't feel the show is up to snuff and you don't feel like it deserves a five-star rating, then go ahead and drop a one-star rating. But just as long as you leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do, I would greatly appreciate it regardless because your feedback is important to us here at the Logan Blackman Show community. Now, speaking of the Logan Blackman Show community, we did a, a little experiment. Once again, remember we did this last year in January of 2022. So that one was a little bit different than the one that we just did. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we did another TLBS staff quarterback rankings, a consensus staff rankings list. So in 2022, we did it postseason. And I kind of forgot we did this. I kind of forgot we did it. And then all of a sudden I started seeing rankings pop up from freaking everywhere from Madden to the ESPN execs page. Uh, like they were interviewing execs, coaches, and all that stuff. And all these different quarterback rankings, just position rankings. So I was like, oh, we we did this last year. Let's go back and break it out again. January 21st, 2022. So when I say this was different this time around versus that that time, that time, January 2022, that was postseason. This was after the season's over. So this is not going into the season because you would look at things a little bit differently, potentially. You but you might potentially look at things a little bit differently going into a season versus just leaving a season. It can skew with your head a little bit. And I am one of those people. I'm one of those people that would look at things like going into a season versus how I would reflect postseason. So in the 2022 edition, we had asked one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen people. That's 14, including myself, I should say. And we came to the combined conclusion through all these points, it was Aaron Rodgers won, and we went over all this stuff on Monday, so I'm just recapping everything we talked about on Monday, because it was a long show. We're going to give, like, the quick notes version of this. But we had Aaron Rodgers number one, Tom Brady two, Mahomes three, Allen four, Burrow five, Herbert six, Matt Stafford seven, Russell Wilson eight, Kyler Murray nine, and Lamar Jackson ten. And we had some honorable mentions in there, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, and Deshaun Watson were all mentioned. So we had 15 quarterbacks mentioned in the 2022 edition of this. Now in 2023, the one we just did this past week that we released on Monday, we had 23 quarterbacks brought up. 23. 
We had 15 brought up in the 2022 edition. 23 brought. Now, we did ask more people. 20 people, including myself, put forward lists. We had some new people make appearances this last year or this past week. Wherever you want to look at it. We had new people, which is always exciting to see. And with the season starting up, you're going to be, again, looking at it a little bit differently than what you would going into a season. Or going, going after a season, I guess you could say. But you get different opinions, and that's what makes it fun. So for those of you who don't know how this works, I tried to explain it on the show and on the blog post, but just, like, it's easier for me to explain it out loud versus trying to type it down. It didn't really make sense to me typing it down, but re- saying it out loud, I think it makes a little bit better sense. So what we did, we had people submit their top 10 lists. And there were some people that mentioned some honorable mentions in there as well, but for the most part, it was just a consensus top 10 list. We had one list that had two people at number 10, but we didn't really care because it's just one point for the 10th spot. Last year, that same person, they had a joint number one. But it changed up a little bit because of the fact, or a joint number, was it number one or number two? It might have been number two. I can't remember exactly. I just closed the page <laughs> conveniently. So, But that was a little bit more points there. There was nine points involved with that second place spot. There's only one point separating last place. So it was like, there's a little bit of a difference there. So we look at everybody's rankings, and each position in the rankings is designated a score from 1 to 10. And if you have a guy in first place, they receive 10 points. You put a guy in second, they receive 9, third, 8, and so on and so forth. And every single list is compiled like that. And then at the end of it, once I've received everybody's list, we go forth and put up the consensus top ten list with the combined score from everybody. So let's say Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' final score... And the TLBS staff top 10 list was 198 out of 200, which means only two people didn't have him in first, and those two people had him in second. And the two people that were in first instead of Patrick Mahomes were Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Zach Tracy put up Joe Burrow. My sister put up Josh Allen. She did not put a list up last year, but she did for for this year. But the top 10 combined, including the honorable, we'll throw in the honorable mentions as well. We have Patrick Mahomes 1. Joe Burrow, 2. Josh Allen, 3. Jalen Hurts, 4. Justin Herbert, 5. Lamar Jackson, 6. Aaron Rodgers, 7. Trevor Lawrence, 8. Kirk Cousins, 9. Dak Prescott, 10. Matt Stafford, 11. Derek Carr, 12. Deshaun Watson, 13. Geno Smith and Jared Goff at 14. Jimmy Garoppolo and Justin Fields at 15. Kyler Murray, Tua Tagovailoa, and Daniel Jones at 16. And then the honorable mention section were Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson, and a guy who's not even in the NFL, but is expected to be the first overall pick in next year's draft, barring, you know, any missing, uh, unfortunate events, Caleb Williams. Which I think is fair. I think it's very fair. Like, we're gonna we're already starting off conversations about the Arizona Cardinals just paid a guy the biggest contract in the NFL history at the time he signed it, I believe, and Kyler Murray, on if they're going to draft Caleb Williams. There's that option there for the Arizona Cardinals, and it'd be intriguing to see how they tackle this offseason. If they go, because... Let's be serious here. 90% of the people out there, if not 99% of the people out there, believe the Arizona Cardinals will hold the number one overall pick. Now, that the fact that they keep it, that's a different story. Because we had the Chicago Bears get the number one overall pick. This year, they traded back to nine. They got DJ Moore for their problems. So it's just a matter of Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach, the former Eagles defensive coordinator, see how his relationship with Kyler Murray is. Because he was carrying a franchise that was coached by Cliff Kingsbury, who is now the quarterback coach, not even an offensive coordinator, in college, like Matt Rule got fired from the freaking Carolina Panthers and got the Nebraska job. Cliff Kingsbury gets fired from the Cardinals, and he goes to be USC's quarterback coach. Matt Rule had a worse time in Carolina than Cliff Kingsbury did in Arizona, 
but Matt Rule gets the head coaching job, which shows the level of coaches and what they were working with. Cliff Kingsbury, his his tenure in Arizona, it could just be seen as a giant flop. No one thought he should have gotten the job when he first got it. He was going to be off to coordinator at USC. So just in a few short years, he got the one step below the job he was originally going to get before he got his head coaching job. The only reason Kyler Murray is in Arizona, really, is because Cliff Kingsbury had that job because they had that relationship. Cliff Kingsbury obviously had that quote in October before that draft that he was going to draft. If he had the number one overall pick, this while he was the coach of Texas Tech still, if he had the number one overall pick, he would draft Kyler Murray. And maybe the same thing goes around with Caleb Williams. Maybe he gets an NFL coaching job again this year somehow. I don't, because that was the summer where, like, if you had, like, touched Sean McVay or you looked at Sean McVay, you were 90%, there was a 90% chance you were going to get a head coaching job. It was that summer. It was a very weird summer. Didn't matter how qualified you were. It was just a matter of if you knew of Sean McVay, you had a very good chance of getting a head coaching job. So I'm intrigued to see how this relationship between Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray goes. I wouldn't play Kyler Murray a snap this year. Kyler Murray should sit his ass on the bench. So he tore his ACL, obviously. But once he fully recovers, I wouldn't even bother putting him back in. The Arizona Cardinals' number one goal this year is to get that number one overall pick. If you play Kyler Murray, the chance of you getting that number one overall pick go down significantly. It's like the similar situation when the Dolphins are going for that whole tank for Tua thing. And they were trying to figure out what they were going to do at quarterback. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they'd pull him, and they'd put him back in, then pull him, and put him back in. And they ended up getting the fifth overall pick. Now, because of his hip injury, they ended up getting Tua. But in hindsight, maybe they would have wanted Joe Burrow instead. And we all know Brian Flores famously wanted Justin Herbert. At least that's what we've been led to believe anyways. He said no to Tom Brady. He wanted Herbert, but they had the whole tank for Tua thing, and now they got Tua. And I'm not saying the TLBS staff consensus top 10 is anything to go by 100%, but having the 16th joint 16th rated quarterback in this list, you would rather have the guy joint or the guy at second or fifth in the list than the 16th guy. That's just how I'm looking at it. Now, about Tua, I was kind of surprised that only one person put him in. That did surprise me. I didn't think about putting him in. I've obviously had my, you know, uh, I don't really know what you want to call it. I don't want to say issues with Tua because I don't really think he's that. He's not bad. I just think he's limited to what he can do. And the Dolphins are running a lot of crossing routes. And the all you got to do really, and I say all you got to do, if you're a capable enough quarterback, you can run this offense fairly easily. All you got to do is hit cross around the middle. You got the two fast receivers in the NFL. Whether that's Madden rankings or legit, they are the two, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are the two fast receivers in the NFL. Not only that, you got probably the two fastest running backs in the NFL as well, and Raheem Mostert and Ashenay from freaking Texas A&M, who just got drafted this year. Like you got speed on speed on speed. And you got a quarterback that's pretty accurate. But he doesn't really do anything else that really wows me. And like when you're talking about the guys at 16... I think you can make somewhat of an argument to take the other two guys above Tua. So I guess we might have a hot take there. Would you take Kyler Murray and or Daniel Jones before Tua? Or would you take Tua before Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray? All those guys only received one vote. And the reason I talk about Daniel Jones now, Daniel Jones, there were some quotes coming around from Fox Sports, which we know always an insightful uh, (laughs) sports news agency, Fox Sports, they have a show, I don't remember what the, it's like the Carlton show or something like that. And he went on the air and said it with chest. The Carton show, the Carton, Craig Carton, Fox Sports analyst. Daniel Jones, arguably the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. Well, no, he's not. And it's not arguable either. 
I can think of three off the top of my four off the top of my head. Do I want to go five off the top of my head? I can't think of five right now, but I got four guaranteed. That's Lamar Jackson, that's Justin Fields, that's Josh Allen, and that's Jalen Hurts. And you can put them in whatever order you want. But those are four that are already better than Daniel Jones at running the football. Is there any other ones I could think of that? Anthony Richardson hasn't played a snap in the NFL. I would say Anthony Richardson is a better running quarterback than Daniel Jones. And this isn't to say Daniel Jones is a bad running quarterback. I don't think that at all. I just think there's better rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. And then you look at, I think Trey Lance could be a better. Kyler Murray is a better running quarterback than Daniel Jones. Who else is on this list that I could put? Desmond Ritter, questionably. Questionably Desmond Ritter. Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he's not like, he's not rushing all the way down the field. He's not running a 70-yard play, then tripping over his own feet. But Patrick Mahomes' elusiveness is top tier. It's top tier. But I would definitely put Lamar, Jalen, uh, Justin Fields, and Josh Allen above Daniel Jones. You can have arguments for everybody else, but I think those four are solidified above Daniel Jones. I And we've defended Daniel Jones on the show quite a bit, so it's kind of funny for things to like turn 180 degrees because now we're starting to have conversations where like Daniel Jones rated 75 in, in Madden, which I we talked about this with Brady and Jared. I really don't have a general issue with Madden ratings like as a whole. I never really get that butthurt about it, at least that, that I remember anyways. But Daniel Jones being a 75, I think that's fair. I don't know what you were expecting Daniel Jones to be. Maybe you could push him up towards an 80, but I don't really think he... And I, I understand the point of he's doing... I say more. He had like 15 touchdowns this year. He had more with less, I guess. But I, I'm just not sold on Daniel Jones yet. I like... I, I've said this for years. I think Daniel Jones has the tools in the toolbox to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. You can go back to listen to however many shows you want, like two years ago or whatever. We have talked about this. We have said this on the show before. But I think like Nick Cart, the Cart, the Carton show, or whatever the hell it's called, saying he's a top five rushing quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that's the case. Saying he should be an 80 or plus overall in Madden. I don't know if that's the case. I think he has the potential to be both. Ah, no, you cannot, he can't be a better rushing quarterback than Lamar Jackson. That, that is impossible. And Justin Fields, too. And Justin Fields, we talked about this, he's listed himself in the top five greatest rushing quarterbacks of all time. I think there's an argument to be made. I mean, the dude has the second most rushing yards in single season in NFL history in his second year in the league. Because he has a coaching staff that is not trying to force his ass to be a pocket passer when he's not a natural pocket passer. Do I think he can be a pocket passer? For sure. For sure. Watch his game against Clemson when he broke his ribs. That dude can definitely be a pocket passer when asked to, but don't try to limit him to just that. And Justin Fields received votes in this top 10, and I actually considered Daniel or, uh, Justin Fields in the top 10. I loosely considered it, but my main thing with Justin Fields is I need to see this year. Like, we know what he can do running the ball. We know what he can do running the ball. We're just going to need to see him throw the football at this level. I think he can. I think he can. I think he definitely can. I think he's accurate enough. I think he's got the arm strength to do so. I think he's got the awareness. I think he's got the right mentality. Like, everything you want in a quarterback is what Justin Fields is. And then Colin Coward, again, another great Fox Sports, you know, another great Fox Sports quote. Colin Coward went on the air. Now, Colin Coward also went on the air and said that the Angel team should trade first-round picks for <laughs> Shohei Otani, which you cannot do in baseball. But he said that on the air, which, is you know, it's funny. It's fun to sit there and see that. But he went on the air and said, right now, Justin Fields is a bust. He's 5-20. and 20. He's a YouTube quarterback. His highlights are great. He's 5-20. and 20. We're going to talk about a record, <laughs> Justin Fields' record, when he was just on a terrible-ass Bears team 
that I bet you couldn't name 10 players from if you tried. I don't think you could name 10 players. From that team last year, I don't think you could name 10 players. The Bears fans, I would expect Bears fans to name 10 players on the Chicago Bears. Obviously. Like, I saw a tweet last night that said, if you're you're not a real fan, you can't name 30 players on the team. I named 50 for the Bills. And I, str- I started, you know, I wanted to go further. And there were some players I completely missed out on that I forgot about. But I agree to that to a certain extent. So I don't think Bears fans would have problems naming 10 players on the Chicago Bears. But for the average fan, you can't really do that. Their own line was atrocious. They traded away their best defensive players. They had no edge rushers. They had no receivers apart from Darnell Moody. They traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool's mom wouldn't trade a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Now, it did it did make for a nice little family reunion story with Joey Porter Jr. getting taken the first pick in the second round, which was the Bears pick, in order to go to Pittsburgh. His dad obviously played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so it made it for a nice family moment. But other than that, there ain't nobody trained a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Now they got DJ Moore. They got Robert Tunyon. They improved their off the line. Like getting a... Oh, crap. Why am I completely blanking right now? Darnell Wright. I was completely blanking on the Tennessee guy. The tackle. Great tackle. I really like Darnell Wright. I'm excited to see what he can do in Chicago. That's automatically improvement. Roshan Johnson at Texas. He would have been a number one running back for like 99% of college teams out there. He just so happened to be behind the best running back in college football in B. John Robinson. It just so happened that that was the case. And sometimes you get into, into those unfortunate circumstances, but sometimes you're better for it. Like that Georgia Bulldogs team from a few years ago. I think it was the 2018, yeah, 2018 NFL draft. Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle both get drafted first and second round. Like, I think there's a chance these two are both really good. They got Travis Homer from Seattle this offseason. Sure, he lost David Montgomery, which is not, not a great, you know, locker room player to lose. He's been around the block for the Chicago Bears. But this is a team that I think Justin Fields can do better with. They got a new year, a second year with this offensive staff, second year with Matt Eberflus, of course, a defensive guy, but second year with this staff. Got a number one, a legit number one receiver. I like Darnell Mooney quite a bit. But I don't think he's not. I don't think he's gonna be a number one receiver. I saw a number two, but I don't think he's gonna be that number one guy. DJ Moore is that number one guy. You got him for the Panthers, and now the Panthers going in with Thielen and Jonathan Mingo, which I'm excited to see what Jonathan Mingo does. The rookie from Ole Miss, project piece. But I'm excited to see what he does. I think he could be a very solid player. But do I think he's a bust? No. Do I think he's a top ten quarterback right now? No. Do I think he is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, as shown by the NFL Top 100 rankings? No, I don't think so. Am I surprised Justin Fields in the top 100 rankings? No, again, he set the second all-time for rushing yards in a single season. So I don't really think there's like a huge cry for Justin Fields not to be ranked. I don't think he should be above Trevor Lawrence. I had Trevor Lawrence at seven in my list. And I don't really know, apart from the rushing numbers, and he playing for, you could say, a worse team, but it's even arguable to go from having the number one overall pick to a playoff team, and not just a playoff team, a second-round playoff team is pretty damn impressive. It's pretty damn impressive. Both teams were not great going into last season. There were question marks surrounding the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody knew they were going to be better, but you can't be really much worse than what Urban Meyer did down there. Thank God Urban Meyer, they fired Urban Meyer when they did. That could have trashed Trevor Lawrence's entire career. We said that when he got drafted. I remember everybody was like, he's a can't-miss prospect. Anybody can miss because surroundings are a big factor in how a player develops. And if you have a coach like Urban Meyer, 
who's running a college team in the NFL with grown-ass adults, it's not going to work. And it almost tanked that entire team. But guess what? They're damn good. And the Jaguars are going to be good. Because their division stinks. <laughs> so they're going to be good again regardless. They're going to have another home playoff game unless things go awry. And yeah, I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to take that next leap this year. And it's going to be interesting to see. Like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been linked throughout their entire careers. High school, college, now the NFL. The conversations on Twitter right now, or X, whatever you want to call it now, have been dedicated to, is Trevor Lawrence better than Justin Fields, or is Justin Fields better than Trevor Lawrence? I obviously think Trevor Lawrence is better. If you want to say Justin Fields is better, I'm not going to sit here and go like, you're wrong, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you should never talk sports again, never do that. That's fine. We did that for the most part here when we were going through the top 10 list. We obviously made fun of some lists. Like, I always got to give Kevin a hard time about Derek Carr. He was the only person to put him in the top 10. He put him at four, and he only did it. And he put him above Josh Allen, which he knew what he was doing when he did that. I didn't give Jared enough shit for having Jimmy Garoppolo top 10. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's top 10. I thought I was a little nice on that one. <laughs> I, I don't have a general issue with Jimmy Garoppolo, but... I, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. If you want to put him top 20, that's fine. And he did end up at the top 20. But I think top 10. He was not the only one that put him in there. Kevin put J uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in there as well. Which, again, I don't agree with. But if you want to put him in there, that's not the most egregious thing you could do. Like Spencer, he submitted his list last. I texted Spencer the day we were going to record the show. And asked him what he wanted to do for this list. And he was all nervous. Because he <laughs> he was like, I haven't I don't know if my ball knowledge would be up there. With everybody else on the list, I'm nervous that I would throw out a shitty list. And it's like the beautiful thing about having 18, 19, 20 people submit lists, you're going to get all types of lists. And it's going to be like, we're going to calculate everything out and average it out. So it's not even like you can post the most ridiculous list of all time and have like, I don't know, who's like, you're, you're a Packers fan or just expecting Jordan Love to be the next Aaron Rodgers right away. And you put Jordan Love in the top 10. Like, there's a possibility for that. That would have messed up the list for a certain extent. Derek Carr being at four is not ideal, but it's not, like, the most egregious crime of all time. And I only give Kevin shit for Derek Carr because he gives me shit all the time for everything. <laughs> so I have to give some shit about Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. If you want to put him in the top 20, that's fine. I think 12 is a little high if we're looking at like the consensus top 50, top 75 or top 75, top 32. I think 12 is a little high, but that's fine. And then like Zach's list, he's going on potential with Trevor Lawrence. So he has Trevor Lawrence at three, which I don't agree with. And then he has Kirk Cousins at four, which again, his dad's a Vikings fan. So he's going to have some love there for the Vikings. I don't agree with that at all, especially with Kirk Cousins being over, over Josh Allen, which again, just another by Zach didn't even have Josh Allen on his list last year. Zach had a, a, a top 10 list with Mac Jones and no Josh Allen. Like, that is a ridiculous one. That is one of the most ridiculous lists I've ever seen in my freaking life. <laughs> and I made sure to tell him about that stupid list last year. And now he's doing it again this year. They were trying, Zach and Kevin were trying to sabotage the list. At least that, they won't tell me that. But I heard some inklings from last year's list about them saying, hey, don't put Josh Allen in. Now, Kevin, to his credit, I think did put Josh Allen in last year, but... Both at five. And they weren't the only ones that have Josh Allen at five. T-Boy had Josh Allen at five, too, but he's a Patriots fan. So, again, we're going to call the biases when we see the bias in there. I told T-Boy that yesterday. I hung out with him yesterday. Zach had Jalen Hurts at nine. Brock had Jalen Hurts at ten. I think that's a little bit disservice to, to Jalen Hurts. I think it's a little bit disservice to Jalen Hurts. I had Jalen Hurts at six, and Brady gave me shit for that. 
But Brady had Jalen Hurts at two. I don't agree. I've, I've said this for a while now. I think the top three quarterbacks in the NFL are Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, in that order. I used to say whenever already want, but no, the order is that. That's the order. And I know the consensus came out with Joe Burrow at number two, and that's fine. That's fine. I, I talked to Jared. We said this on Friday, on Monday show. I can understand. Do I agree with it? No. But I can understand. Trevor Lawrence at three, Kirk Cousins at four. I don't agree with it at all. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence will be very good. I think there's a potential Trevor Lawrence could be up there. Colin Coward, he had uh, Trevor Lawrence in, uh, crap, he had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert in his top four, like, a couple months ago. I remember I was sitting at Poor Choices and Grimes, not sponsored, and we were sitting there, and I was looking at the TV, and that list pot, I don't know where that list is, I don't know, even know how to search it, but... Yeah, no, what are some other odd ones in here? Kyler Murray being matched. Kyler Murray and Jared Goff. It's kind of surprised me. Not ri- Kyler Murray on his day is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, at his, ta- at his peak, he was an MVP candidate. Like, there was times where people were talking about Kyler Murray possibly, possibly being an MVP. How legit those conversations were, I don't know. But there were, there were rumblings about that. Jared Goff, I think, had a very solid season last year. I think Jared Goff proved a lot of people wrong going to Detroit. And I think he deserves a spot in the top 10. Geno Smith, I was surprised only Kevin put him in. I was surprised about that. Kevin is a Seahawks fan, but I don't even think that's that biased. Like, I think Geno Smith had a very good season last year. He got the contract. Now, it's it's three-year contract, but it's technically like a one-year deal because they can opt out of the first year or something. But I said on the show, he was probably the best quarterback to play in the Pro Bowl this past year in that 7-on-7 game. I think he deserves a spot in the top 10. I think he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I think he had a better year than Derek Carr. I don't think he's a better overall. Ah, it's. Mm. I'm getting my. I'm getting a sticky situation there. But Lamar Jackson at ten, I think that's a little mean. I had Lamar at four. I've said this before. I think Josh and Lamar are asked to do more for their teams than any other quarterbacks in the NFL. I think their offense is solely around to revolve around those guys. I think every other offense work to a certain extent with other people. I'm not saying they work as well. Because, again, system quarterback's not a phrase. It shouldn't be a phrase. The system only works if said quarterback's in. And the system has changed. Like when Lamar Jackson's system, where we work in this system. Well, the Ravens completely changed their system. They never ran the system that Lamar's in with Joe Flacco. They never ran that system before. They had to change their entire thing up to get Lamar Jackson. And you can see the best Lamar Jackson was a unanimous MVP. And I listened back to the show today, actually. I said should have been the second ever unanimous MVP. He was the second ever unanimous MVP. We've talked about it on the show before. But do I think overall we had any, like, ridiculous lists? No. I don't think we had anything, like, offensively bad. And, like, Zach's last year was offensively bad. Mac Jones in the top ten. Not even top ten. He was number six. I'll never forget that list. I'll never forget that list. I got to go back and see what Zach had last year. I'll, I just rem, I just specifically remember him having that six. And I remember doing like a triple tape because like, hey, um, Mac Jones is in there. Where's Josh Allen in there? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Jones six. Mac Jones six. I mean, I guess the list itself is not that bad, but Mac Jones six was just insane. One of the most insane things of all time. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Looking back and seeing Russell Wilson in a top 10, I, it's, I said this on the show on Monday, history is going to be kind of mean to Russell Wilson, isn't it? They're going to see how much, like, 
if if he doesn't have any success in Denver, history is going to be very unkind to Russell Wilson, and I feel bad for him because I think Russell Wilson at his peak was a very very good quarterback. But that history, it's it's going to be mean. It's going to be mean. You look at Marshawn Lynch. You see the way his ex teammates talk about him. It's it's going to hurt. His legacy is going to be hurt a little bit. Do I think he's still the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, yeah. I think he's better than like. Jim Zorn, I think he's better than Warren Moon. He's better. And we're just talking about people that have played for the Seahawks. Matt Hasselbeck. Um, uh, <laughs> Rick Meyer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I, I feel bad for Russell Wilson. But, yeah, I was, I was, I was, you know what? I was halfway surprised, halfway not surprised that, Russell, that Patrick Mahomes was almost unanimous. He, I thought he should have been unanimous, and he wasn't. I was just surprised it was that close. He had two votes away from being unanimous. Being unanimous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it was fun. Thank you again. Big thank you to everybody that submitted list. I greatly appreciate it. And, yeah. Fun stuff. It, it's always fun to get other people's opinions. on Again, 20 people. And this, again, include I say 20 people. 20 people, including myself. Submitting lists. So, 19 people submitting lists. I just appreciate everybody that submitted lists. And then we... I texted people this on Friday. I texted this to people on Friday. We recorded the show Saturday. So everybody got them out relatively quick. So I appreciate everybody that got the list out. And Spencer, thank you for being such a, for being the last minute one. I I was trying to get the 20th person. And I was like, oh, Spencer, get me get a list. And Spencer's list, again, was the most accurate out of everybody. His top seven was exactly how the consensus top seven looked. His top, his list read Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts, Herbert, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, Dak, Trevor Lawrence, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, relatively spot on list and recorded according to the, you know, the consensus list. And I was surprised how many Bears fans we had in this. Like, we had Spencer's a Bears fan, Glenn's a Bears fan, Cole's a Bears fan. Like, we had some, we had quite a few Bears fans in here. I had quite a few Bears fans in here. Oh, Justin, I classified Justin as a Bears fan. I don't know if Justin. Ju- Justin's confused about his NFL team. He doesn't know what his favorite NFL team is. But he cla- for the most part, he claims to be a Bears fan. In conversations Zach and I have had with him, he claims to be a Bears fan, from what it sounds like. But yeah, I can't thank everybody enough for submitting lists. And yeah, it, it's a it's a podcast, so it's it's either going to get made fun of, we're going to agree, we're going to make fun of it, it's whatever. It's whatever. Nothing personal, so it's all fine. And again, I just thank you everybody for submitting. That's all I care about. That's all I care about with this. And yeah, we talked about the NFL Top 100. The first 20 rankings have been revealed. So 181, we have Devontae Smith at 100, Demarcus Lawrence at 99, Tristan Wirfs at 98, Harrison Smith 97, Trevor Lawrence 96, Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' single-season touchdown record at 95. I tell you, when he was in Green Bay, I never expected Jamal Williams to ever be in an NFL Top 100, but yeah, here we are. Terry McLaurin, 94, Eric Kendricks, 93, Marlon Humphrey, 92, Dalvin Cook, free agent Dalvin Cook, 91, DeAndre Hopkins, new Titans wide receiver, at 90. Marshawn Lattimore at 89. Aiden Hutchinson, the rookie. Jeez. From uh, the Detroit Lions at 88. Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons at 87. Justin Fields, 86. Laramie Tunsil, 85. Zadarius Smith, now on the Browns, formerly of the Vikings, at 84. Taron Armstead from the Dolphins at 83. Tua Tagovailoa at 82. And Tris- Christian Wilkins at 81. So back to- three Dolphins players back-to-back-to-back. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised how close Tua and Justin Fields are. I'm not saying, again, I think Justin Fields is better than Tua. 
I'm just kind of surprised that that's how close they were. Because there are a lot of people on Tua this year. There are a lot of people in the media on Tua this year. And again, I, that's why I was kind of surprised Tua only got one mention in the list. And at one mention, last place in the mention. He got as many mentions as Caleb Williams did. Now, Caleb Williams didn't receive any votes, but still got as many votes as <laughs> as many mentions as the guy who is still technically in college, which I just think is kind of funny to think about. <laughs> but I, I was kind of, there was part of me that was surprised rookies didn't get mentioned. I know I've never ranked every time I do a quarterback rankings list to start the season. Rookies are always last, always last, and they're in the order when they which they were drafted. If I think they're going to start, like I saw a thing the other day, Anthony Richardson uh, reportedly split first team reps with Gardner Minshew at training camp. Richardson is reportedly thought to take over a starting role by or before the Colts play in Germany Week Ten. Colts reportedly believe Richardson is the long term solution to the quarterback problem. Well, yeah, you would hope so. They drafted him fourth overall. Many NFL scouts thought Richardson's ceiling was a mix of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson leading up the draft. Richardson should have a fascinating first training camp. I've said, like, the entire college season, you can go back to last year, too, or two years ago, and when Anthony Richardson was splitting reps with freaking, oh, no. Oh, no, Emory Jones. I don't know. <laughs> I completely blanked on Emory Jones. When he was splitting, kind of splitting reps with Emory Jones, people were saying that, well, Levis is Josh Allen. No. Josh Allen's in Florida. Well, Levis is kind of that, again, I hate when people, I have to clarify this because people will take this and run with it if I don't. From a body style, body standpoint, from an overall, like, arm strength stuff, mobility, I think he compares more to, like, Andrew Luck. I don't think he's anywhere close to Andrew Luck. Now, I have seen stuff about Andrew Luck possibly being in the Hall of Fame. That is ridiculous. No, Andrew Luck's not a Hall of Famer. I think Andrew Luck... Could have very well been a Hall of Famer. He's not right now. But Anthony Richardson is the closest thing to Josh Allen that we got in the draft in regards to rawness, in regards to athletic ability, arm strength, the effortlessness of its throws. Anthony Richardson was my favorite quarterback in the draft. I made that abundantly clear throughout the college football season. You can listen to Colin Company during, again, his season where he split reps with Emory Jones. I was all on that dude. That dude is freaking awesome, and I expect him to be well. I expect him to do good this year. I'm expecting big things from Richardson. I'm not saying that they should go on to win the Super Bowl or anything, and I'm not even expecting him to put up like 3,000 yards passing. I'm not even really expecting that. I just want to see signs that there's a player there. And from what I've seen at Florida, there definitely is. I think he's got the right mentality. He's obviously got the skill set for it. But the mentality is the biggest thing you look for in these kind of kids. I say kids because I'm freaking five, four or five years older than him, which is insane for me to think about. Absolutely insane for me to think about. But speaking of Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts, there's been a lot and when I say a lot, a lot of NFL alternate uniforms coming out. And it was kind of funny. So Facebook, the only thing I really use Facebook for is just to post the show. That's the only thing I really use it for. But I got a notification today. It's like, you have a memory popped up. And on July 25th, 2022, so exactly one year ago from today, obviously the, the show will come out on the 26th, the title of this show, More NFL Alternates. That's what the first line in here is. First line in here is more NFL alternates. And we so I was like, oh, we could talk about the alternates today. We could talk about some NFL alternates today. And there's been quite a bit of teams that have done it. I'm still waiting for the Bills to drop their alternate uniforms, the red helmets. Like you got the all the division, AFC East has alternate uniforms, except for the Bills. Obviously, in the stadium practice last year, Josh Allen walked out with a red helmet. Didn't wear it for the season, but walked out with one. We gave fans, you know, that. That feeling that, oh my God, they're going to actually rock the red helmets this year. They didn't, but 
We're still waiting for it. NFL alternates are still dropping. Like the Broncos dropped theirs today. They basically took the carbon copy of the Cleveland Browns helmet and just threw their logo on it. The old school D Bronco logo. That's pretty. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. I don't know if the Broncos helmet is black or blue, like the stripe in it, but it looks the exact same as the Cleveland Browns helmet. Not saying I don't like it. Not saying I don't like it, but that's what it reminded me of. Like it looks the. I'm looking at the Browns one right now. It looks the same thing except with the Broncos logo on it. Exact same thing. But there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. As for the Colts one, I'm not a big fan of the Colts one. I'll be 100% honest with you. It looks odd. It just looks odd. It's They got the black helmets, and they got black outlines around the... I, I don't know what the... I know what the raising stripes on the sleeves are for, because you obviously got, you know, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway there, and you got the Colts, which they were named after the racetrack in Baltimore. I don't remember which race. It's a big-time racetrack for horse racing out there. But I don't like the black. It looks odd. The Colts logo on the black helmet just looks odd. This is just to me. This is just to me. I can't speak for everybody here. But the black is... I don't like the black. I don't like it. It just looks off. And I guess there's some patterns on the uniform too, which I'm not like, you know, disgusted by. But if you're going to have a black helmet... If you have a black helmet like this, for an alternate, I need. I want it to be matte. Obviously, there's black helmets that look better than others. Like, the Steelers black helmet's nice. I like the Steelers black helmet. But, like, the Colts, it just... I, I, it's, maybe it's just the team. Maybe it's just the team that's the problem with it. I, I just don't like the Colts wearing the black helmets. I don't like the Colts wearing the black helmets. And it's, we're speaking on the top of helmets. The Lions helmet, the blue one, that's bad too. In my opinion, this, I'm not speaking for everybody here. You're allowed to have a different opinion than I am, obviously. But I don't like the Lions helmet either. The Lions helmet, if I'm not mistaken, I gotta watch the video on it. The helmet, the logo just looks so freaking tall. It looks so much taller than like, like higher on the helmet than what I feel like it should be. Because you've got the old logo, which obviously has the two lines in it, but it just looks so tall. It doesn't look like it fits. It looks out of place. It looks very out of place. It looks like a logo that you'd have as, you know, a logo, but not something that goes on a helmet. Like the Raven's Crest. Remember when the Raven's Crest used to be on the helmet? That's not a good helmet logo. It's just not. That's not a good helmet logo. I played Madden 03 with those Lions in it. You could go back with the Madden 03. You could play with the NFL Europe teams. You could play with some classic teams. I remember playing with the Otto Graham Browns when he wore number 60. You could play with the Lions team that had that logo, but I don't ever remember them having blue helmets like that. And we're talking about the Matt stuff with the Colts. They did Matt here. The Matt don't work. The Matt just does not work here. Matt works with some colors and some uh, sometimes it doesn't. This one, I don't think it works. Again, just my opinion on it. And now, Matt helmets that work, the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings lo- uniforms are freaking awesome. Those uniforms are sweet. The Vikings have one of the best uniforms in the NFL. And we're, we're talking about all the uniforms. Home away, alternate, and then these are the throwbacks. Like, they're all nice. They're all nice. They got rid of those ugly-ass uniforms they had when Adrian Peterson was there, and they've opened the door with some very nice ones, and they're throwing back to the good ones. These are such nice uniforms. Such nice uniforms. There are a few other uniforms that have been thrown back as well. The Houston Oilers or the Tennessee Titans, they dropped their throwback uniforms, which bothers me because I understand the Oilers relocated to Tennessee. I understand that. 
that's the Houston Oilers logo, and the team in Houston is going to be playing the team in Tennessee wearing the Houston uniforms, potentially. That's what I would do. If I'm the Titans, I'm rocking those uniforms when I play the, the Texans this year. And I really like the Oilers uniforms. I was talking to my dad about this the other night. Is there such a thing as a bad, like a jersey, a bad, like, what do you call that color? Sky blue? Baby blue? Like, there's not one bad jersey. There's not one jersey that looks bad with that color. Helmets are a different story. Helmets are a different story. But that jersey, the Oilers jerseys are just awesome. I love them. And now they're going to be playing in Tennessee, <laughs> which they were technically the Tennessee Oilers for a little bit. They were technically that for a tiny bit before they changed the Titans. So I guess they got that for them. Maybe they could be the Tennessee Oilers, but they should have just halted, you know, the history there like the Browns did. So will the, the Baltimore Ravens be dropping Cleveland Brown uniforms? Because remember, those the, the Baltimore Ravens are the Browns, the OG Browns. But they, quote-unquote, left their history in Cleveland, which is like if you moved a house, if you moved to a different house, you just kept all your stuff there. And for whoever else moved in there, they got to deal with all your stuff. You bought all new stuff, but you moved house. That's what that was. Now, going with alternates that still work, the Seahawks ones. The Seahawks ones. To be honest, to be 100% honest here, I'm not the biggest fans of, like, watching those uniforms back in the day. Like, with Steve Largent, I like what they did with them today. They're the, it's weird because they're the same exact thing. For, for whatever reason, I like them now. I got this picture of Gino pulled up on my laptop. I like these uniforms now. And, they're again, it doesn't make any sense. I don't expect it to make any sense. I like these ones better than the old ones. And they're the same thing. I know. They should just go back to these ones, if we're being honest. I don't like the Seahawks uniforms anyways. I, I don't like the Seahawks, especially those disgusting ass neon green uniforms. Those disgusting, neon anything's bad. Neon anything's bad. And I had a phase in high in middle school where I rocked all neon. So if anybody knows how bad neon is, it's me. So I, <laughs> those Seahawks uniforms are disgusting. They are offensive to the human eye. And then uh, I'm going to save those ones for last. But you have more people throwing it back. The Eagles, Kelly Green. Arguably one of the best uniforms in all of football. The Kelly Green Philadelphia Eagles uniforms. Love them. That should be their forever uniforms. They haven't. I don't think they've officially dropped anything. They're coming soon, technically. I don't think they've officially announced it. But, I mean, they've announced that they're coming back. They haven't revealed them or anything. Those uniforms are beautiful. Those uniforms are absolutely beautiful. Then we got the New York Jets. The New York Sack Exchange. For those of you who don't know, throwing it back to those uniforms. They got the white face mask with the green helmets. I don't, I don't know if I really like it. It looks plastic. It looks plastic. The uniforms themselves, I don't really have a problem with. It, the The face mask is what I have the issue with. The white face mask with the green helmet, it just looks plastic. And I could be alone in that, at least for the for Aaron Rodgers' helmet specifically. It just looks plastic. It looks like you could punch through that face mask with no ease, with no problem, with absolutely no issue. That's just what I got for it. And the final uniform I want to talk about here is the Buccaneers' creamsicle uniforms. So I guess we are going hot takes. I hate these uniforms. I absolutely hate these uniforms. I understand they're super hyped up, but my issue is every time I see, and maybe it's because they only had one good player during that time. It was literally just Leroy Selman. And obviously like Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp played in those uniforms in their early careers, but you don't think of those two playing in those uniforms. Those uniforms just bring back so many bad notions in my brain. Just like I obviously didn't watch them live, but the Buccaneers were one of the or arguably the worst expansion team of all time. 
They are awful. So going back to these uniforms, there have been no positive memories with these uniforms. I'm someone that if you have a good player in a bad uniform, that uniform looks better to a certain extent. But once that player's done, or you get better ones and they're playing those uniforms, then you forget about it. Adrian Peterson, good player, ugly-ass uniform. But you let those uniforms slide for a little bit because Adrian Peterson was playing well. The Vikings were a solid team. They went to an NFC Championship game with Brett Favre. There ain't no good memories with this Buccaneers uniform. Apart from beating or stifling the Bears with Walter Payton. Apart from that, there ain't nothing good about these uniforms. They're not tough. They're not, I don't understand the NFL uniforms. They don't need to be like the scariest things of all time. Like hell, the Oilers, baby blue is not necessarily the most frightening color of all time. Those uniforms are sick. Those are sick uniforms. The Buccaneers uniforms are not sick. This this website I'm on, sportingnews.com, best throwback in the best throwback uniform? Yes, the creamsicle uniforms are from the 70s, are back in style. Best hype video for a throwback uniform release? Yeah, I haven't watched it, so I can't tell you. Tampa Bay did that too. We're always excited to see Bucko Bruce. I did not know that was the name of it. I did not know that was the name of the Buccaneer on the helmet. Return to the field with those white helmets too. I have a Iowa Barnstormers helmet. So the Iowa Barnstormers have one of my favorite helmets of all time. And my dad and I made it. So we used to have season tickets. Brady had season tickets with his dad. But at the same time, we did. About eight years, we had season tickets with the Barnstormers. Saw very little good football, but good football, but a lot of bad football. But I wanted to bring the helmet along. I just had, for some reason, had this mind mindset that I wanted to make this Barnstormers helmet. And we go over to my grandparents' house, my dad's parents, and they have a Buccaneers helmet in the garage. Because back in the day, my grandpa Roger got my dad and my uncle Eric helmets for Christmas. He got my uncle Eric a Steelers jersey or Steelers helmet. He got my dad a Tampa Bay Buccaneers helmet. That thing was still in the garage that we turned that into a Barnstormers helmet. And it never looked better. And it's got an electric tape. Goggles, electric tape goggles on the helmet. The face mask is black because we didn't have any black spray paint. We used electrical tape. And it looks better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers helmet did. It does. And it's funny that he's coming back now because the Buccaneers are once again expected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Why would you bring back uniforms from your worst period ever? When you did the same exact thing with the New York Jets when they brought back the stupid-ass green helmets. That's your worst era, the lost decade, the 90s, for the New York Jets. Why do you bring those back? Their best eras are with the white helmets. Why'd you bring back the ugly-ass green helmets? Why'd you do that? Notice the Buccaneers left their ugly uniforms that Jameis Winston wore. Once Tom Brady got there, they changed their uniforms back to the uniforms, you know, when they won the Super Bowl in the early 2000s, and they go in to win a Super Bowl. Now Tom Brady's gone. Oh, we got, we're bad again, so we might as well just open the door back to our ugly-ass orange uniforms. Like, these were our worst era of football. Why are we bringing these back? I hate it. Absolutely hate it. <laughs> I could... I'm definitely in the minority there, but... Like, I like the, the old watching NFL films from the 70s, watch how bad this team was, but that's about the only joy I get out of watching these uniforms. And I'm going to enjoy... Watching this garbage-ass team get beat up wearing the creamsicle uniforms again. They got Vinny Testaverde as the main picture on this website. But there's some good uniforms, there's some bad uniforms in here. And that's fine. At least you tried something. At least you tried something. I had to rank these uniforms. Again, the Philadelphia Eagles one has not been announced yet. 
But I'd put the Oilers at one. I'd put the Eagles two. I'd put, uh, well, the Vikings one is be up there too. I'd put the Oilers one. I'd put, ah, uh, crap. I'd put Eagles two, again, potential. Then the Seahawks, Vikings at four. Then we'll put the Jets at five. We will put, I don't know. We'll put, I don't know. I guess I like the Brown, the Bronco, the Buccaneers ones better than the Browns ones. I just don't like the Browns with the white helmet. It just looks odd. Uh, Bucks, Browns, Lions. I guess I don't even remember the Bronco, the Buccaneers or, or the Broncos ones. Broncos just look like Illinois and Syracuse. So, but I like those uniforms though. So, put the Brown Broncos below the Jets. So at six, I think is what we're at. Then the Browns because of the same thing. Can't really separate them. Then I'd put. I guess we'll throw the Bucks one. I just don't like the Lions helmet. It looks so odd. We'll put the Bucks. I don't like the I don't know. Those bottom three can fight it out. I don't care. I just don't like those uniforms. But the Oilers one's definitely the best. The Oilers one's definitely the best. What did they say about the Oilers uniforms? The love you blue Oilers? Is that oil? Sure is. The franchise moved from Houston to Memphis in 1997. They moved to Nashville in 99. The same year it changed the nickname from the Oilers to the Titans. For two games a season, folks in Tennessee will get to love them some old school blue. And they spelled L-U-V, the love you blue Oilers. So it all works out. <laughs> all works out. But yeah, alternate uniforms, they divide opinions. I'm just waiting for the Bills to announce theirs. I'm just waiting for the Bills to announce their uniforms. Because some are better than others, and that's fine. Bills ones could, could, could completely flop. It absolutely completely flop. And I I doubt it, but you know, they could. People might absolutely hate them. I don't want to see it with the white uniforms, though. I've already seen that. I mean, I loved the, the standing Buffalo helmet, but the red uniforms, or the red helmets with the blue uniforms, I think that'd be beautiful. Red socks. Oh, they got a red. So the Jets are rocking their New York Sack Exchange uniforms week one, which is against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Bills have to rock. They're red helmets against the Jets week one. They have to. They have to. Blue uniforms, red helmets. It'll be perfect. Every time I play Madden, when I do my career mode in Madden, every single time, the Bills are rocking red helmets. With the blue uniforms, Red Sox, they're rocking that. Now, on the topic, I guess, continuing on the uniform thing, um, Inter-Miami, they've got some interesting uniforms. I, I like their away ones, the black ones. The pink ones, it's just a lot of pink. It's a lot of pink. <laughs> like, the jersey's pink. The shorts are pink. The socks are pink. It's just a lot of pink. It's a lot. I have no issue with pink. I have no issue with it. But I, I accent with some black shorts is what I would do. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But, again, uniforms like that look better when you have a GOAT. One of the best players on the planet. And, again, the GOAT. Lionel Messi made his debut last Thursday we obviously haven't had time to talk about it. Or last... What, was that Thursday? When was that? Was that Friday? Thursday or Friday? Which one? It was Friday. It was Friday. It was Friday. Lionel Messi made his debut against Cruz Azul on Friday in front of a sold-out stadium with a bunch of celebrities there. Like, LeBron was there. Serena Williams was there. Kim Kardashian was there. They had literally everybody there. And the funniest part about this is 
Cruz Azul sucks. Inter-Miami sucks. So you had two teams that are at the bottom of their respected leagues playing in the League's Cup, which is why we got a Coors Light, which is official sponsor of the League's Cup, playing each other. No one would give two shits about that game if Lionel Messi wasn't there. And that's fair. That's fair. Sergio Busquets is kind of getting pushed under the rug, but we're not going to sit here and act like, and we're going to push him under the rug here because we're going to talk about Lionel Messi. But Sergio, Sergio Busquets does not deserve this kind of pushed under the rug because Sergio Busquets is one of the greatest, if not the greatest defensive midfielder of all time. Played with Messi at Barcelona, one club guy, was the captain of Barcelona, won a lot of trophies, won a World Cup with Spain. Like, dude is an awesome player. Getting kind of pushed under the rug by Messi, which I don't think he's too upset about because he's, you know, he's well aware of what Messi is. He played with him a lot. So there's a there's a familiarity there. So he understands that, you know, there's going to be, there's, there's levels to this. And Lionel Messi coming to the MLS, I, I said this before when he first got announced, it's the biggest move in American sports history. In regards to, what do you want to call it? In regards to importance to specific sport, nothing will help grow the league more from a viewership standpoint than Lionel Messi going to the MLS. Which in turn makes David Beckham's move back in 2007 even that much bigger because the only reason he's playing for the worst team in the MLS is because David Beckham's the owner. I highly doubt if David Beckham was not involved with Inter-Miami, Lionel Messi would be going there. I highly doubt that. I could be wrong, but that it makes it a little bit easier. David Beckham kind of... And there were other international stars playing in the MLS. Carlos Valderrama being the main one. And obviously Pele played in the U.S. Uh, the, what was the league called? He played for the New York Cosmos. George Best played for the San Diego Aztecs, I believe. I'm not remembering if I... I believe that's what the team name were. Fort Lauderdale Strikers. I don't, I don't remember if he played there or not. But either way, there have been stars coming to the MLS in the American soccer scene before, but none as big as David Beckham. Coming in his relative prime, leaving Real Madrid for LA Galaxy, that move just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I could promise you this, that got more eyes to the MLS at that time than anything else did. I had a David Beckham jersey. I was in fifth grade. I had a David Beckham jersey. Got that soccer connection, which then turned to Soccer Master, which I don't even think is there anymore, but I got my David Beckham jersey there. It was awesome. Everybody watched the MLS back then. Like when the, that was like its first. Hey, we're a legit league. We got David frickin' Beckham, if not one of the best players in the world, one of the biggest brands in the world. And now he's a part of a ownership group that gets Lionel Messi, and Lionel Messi gets like deals with Adidas. Obviously, got to deal with Adidas. We got to deal with Apple TV to get a percentage of the MLS shares. Like it's a massive, massive deal, and it not only happens now. Like this happens this year. We got the Copa America coming to the United States next year, and we got the World Cup in 2026. So we got three massive summers for the United States in regards to building their brand in soccer. How it looks legitimately across the world, who knows? Time will tell on that. But for here in America, it's freaking huge because I can guarantee you no one would have watched that game, Inter Miami versus Cruz Azul, if Lionel Messi wasn't there. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. Now, there is a caveat to be said with this. There is a caveat to be said with this. Lionel Messi coming to the MLS is freaking huge. He's making his MLS debut tonight. I got a half hour, so I got to get over to my parents' house here in a little bit to watch. I got my Lionel Messi jersey on right now. And this is one I've had for years. It's one I've had for years. My aunt actually went to Barcelona on vacation, and she asked me, Logan, I'm getting your, your parents and sister something from Barcelona. 
What do you? What would you want? And I jokingly said, "I'll take a Lionel Messi jersey." And then I get. I'm sitting in my room. All of a sudden, my mom knocks on the door with a Barcelona bag, and I got this freaking black Lionel Messi jersey. And it was too big for me at the time, but now it fits perfectly. So now I can rock it around. So I went to Oppenheimer on Friday. So I missed his debut. I didn't know how much he was going to play. A friend asked me if he wanted to go to Oppenheimer. I said, sir, great movie, by the way. Highly recommend it. But I had a general idea that he would score. I didn't know it would be a free kick, but I had a general idea that he would score. But I had to rock the jersey anyways. But again, the caveat surrounding this Lionel Messi thing is, I know we're America. I know we've got to be the biggest, best at everything. It's all about the showmanship here. But when Messi gets announced to the stadium, announce him like a normal player. I know it's hard to do. I know it's hard to do because we never had a player anywhere near this the level of Lionel Messi playing the MLS. Again, David Beckham, Zlatan, Thierry Henry, Andrea Perlo, Lampard, Gerrard. Like, they're mass, like uh, Nesta, Drogba. There's been massive players that have played in the MLS. Messi is trumps all of them. Messi is literally bigger than the league. And I don't say that lightly. Messi is bigger than the MLS. You cannot say that about any other person in the sport. Messi is bigger than the MLS. Ronaldo is bigger than the Saudi Pro League. That's just the truth of the matter. But when Messi gets announced on the field, announce him as coming in number 10, Lionel Messi. You would get the same reaction for that as you would as Coming to the field, America's number 10, the greatest number 10 in the history of world football. Please, everybody, get on your feet and welcome to the field for his Inter Miami debut, the greatest of all time, Lionel Andreas Messi. And even the referee dapped him up. Like, if we want to be taken seriously as a, so- as a sport, as a country in the world of soccer, we cannot be doing that. I can promise you that. And another thing we can't do, and I understand Messi coming to the MLS, and again, a massive deal. It's the biggest move in American sports history, in my opinion. But the Chicago Fire should not be posting tweets saying, welcome to the MLS, Messi, see you in October 4th at Soldier Field, and posting a link to freaking Ticketmaster. You're, t- you're broadcasting a rival player. You're both in the Eastern Conference. Why are you doing this? <laughs> they're they're going to be competing with you. Where is Chicago Fire in the standings? Where are they in the standings? Let's look at this real quick. Chicago Fire sit 8th. Enter Miami sit 15th. Again, Enter Miami is a very bad team. This is by far the worst team that Lionel Messi has ever played with. But Chicago Fire are not safe. And with Lionel Messi and with... All of his friends coming over. There's a chance that they sneak into the playoffs. Next year, they'll tear the league up. This year, there's a chance they sneak in. You should not be tweeting about a rival player. That's like the Bills posting a tweet saying, Hey, Buffalo, get ready to welcome Tom Brady to the game. Or the freaking, I don't know, what other team can we do this for? Like a can't see a Chargers game. Saying, hey, Chargers fans, make sure to get down to the, the SoFi Stadium and watch Patrick Mahomes. Who says that? Who does that? You want to be taken seriously? Stop acting freaking stupid about this. It's really dumb, and it's really sad to see. You want to be taken seriously? Stop playing European teams in an MLS All-Star game to get battered 5 nothing. 
Stop playing Arsenal, who are playing their freaking backups, whose stars are playing half the game and losing 5 nothing. Your best players in the league are playing a preseason squad for Arsenal and getting beat 5 nothing. That's embarrassing. So this stuff will help grow the league initially. Like, Messi's time in the MLS will definitely help grow the league. We'll get more eyes in America to soccer. But stop being so freaking cheesy about it. He's un- tried, again, it's going to be hard. Try to act like it's a normal player. And the other thing is, I understand Messi is driving up the value of the Inter-Miami, driving up the value of the league. But we don't need to be bragging about the the massive-ass jump in ticket prices because now the average Joe, which includes me, is not going to be able to go to a game. There is not a chance in hell I will ever be able to go see Lionel Messi play for Inter-Miami. There's not a chance in hell. They literally tweeted about this. Average Inter-Miami prices before Messi, $25. That also comes with the fact they're being bad, but the average ticket price after Messi for Inter-Miami is $440. That's the Messi effect with starry eyes. Why are we bragging about that? So now we're got... This is what... The Super League was about, this is what, like, teams, NFL teams relocating to LA, to London, all this stuff. Your rich friends are all going to be going to the game. The average people who soccer and these clubs are supposed to be for, you look at the history of Europe, they're all built by the communities. They were all built by factory workers for these communities, and then now we're pricing people out of games, and we're bragging about it, because this is what we do. I will never be able to see Lionel Messi play a game. Probably not. I guess I shouldn't rule it out completely. The chances of me seeing Lionel Messi play live are 1%. We are acting like a bunch of freaking children around this. Myself included. I'm going to watch Inter-Miami's game tonight. I was never going to plan on watching an Inter-Miami game this year because they suck ass. I love David Beckham. I I bought an adult David Beckham jersey years ago as well. I still have love for David Beckham. One of my favorite players growing up. I love Lionel Messi. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Top three favorite players of all time. But the stupid, welcome America's number 10, the greatest American, the greatest player of all time. We all know this. He doesn't need this introduction. It's not like you're trying to sell Messi to everybody. He's already, again, he's bigger than Lee. He just won the World Cup in December. We already, we all know who Messi is. I, surprisingly, if you're at this Inter-Miami game, if you know who Inter-Miami is, you know who Lionel Messi is. If you don't watch soccer, my mom knows who Lionel Messi is. You don't need to sell Lionel Messi to anybody. Maybe you need to sell Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, maybe Luis Suarez. Not as much, but maybe Luis Suarez. You don't need to sell Messi. You don't don't need to sell Messi. You don't need to sell David Beckham. Everybody knows David Beckham. You play soccer or not, everybody knows David Beckham. Everybody knows Ronaldo. You don't need to do this for these players. Let's stop acting childish. Let's treat it like as normal as we can. I don't know what to expect for this game tonight, but I'm expecting Inter-Miami to win. And they're playing Atlanta, who's 7th place in the playoff standings right now, who is currently, what, 35 minus 18. What is that? We're 15 spots ahead. 16, uh, 16, 17 spots ahead in the standings. 17 points ahead. Nearly double their amount of points. So... This could be a turning point in the playoff race. Potentially. 
This would get them above 20 points in the playoffs. They're only one of, what, in the Eastern Conference, one of two teams. One of three teams in the league that are not getting 20 points this season. Least amount of points in the season. 18. Impressive stuff there. It's at home, too. They're 1-9-1 and one on the road this year. But, man, big-ass deal. Big-ass deal. No one would understand that more than me. <laughs> Lionel Messi is one of my favorite players of all time. We've sang the praise of Lionel Messi on the show thousands, if not millions of times. But it's cheesy as hell. It is cheesy as hell how we're all handling this. Or how, like, the stadium's handling it. You don't need to sell Lionel Messi to me. I don't need to see you brag about your ticket prices jumping 1,000%. I don't care. All I need to know is how much viewership has got. And also, David Beckham saying 3.5 billion people watched Lionel Messi's debut. Yeah, okay. So, just for just for numbers-wise, how many people watched the World Cup Final? World Cup Final. Let's just look at that. How many people watched the World Cup Final? Beat Super Bowl. Okay, here we go. 1.5 billion people watched the World Cup Final. How many people watched Messi's... Uh, Enter Miami unveiling. How many people watch that? 3.5 billion. So nearly 2 billion more people watched Messi's debut, or not even debut, his introduction to Enter Miami, which I didn't even know was happening. Never saw anything about it. I saw the highlights about it. Didn't know it was happening at live. So I didn't watch it. I can't name anybody that I know that's watched it. Apart from the highlight of it. So 3.5 billion people. Again, 1.5 billion watched the World Cup Final. 2 billion people more watched Messi's unveiling versus him winning his first ever World Cup. And Argentina's first World Cup since the 80s. Against France that went to extra time or arguably the greatest World Cup Final of all time. Penalties and everything. Killing Mbappe hat trick. Like, more people watched Messi just walk out on the stage than that. Okay, I agree with you, David. I believe you. I believe you, David Beckham. <laughs> and then people on Twitter are like, oh, well. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, Justin Herbert just got an extension. 262. Five years, 262. Seven minutes ago. Wow. I just saw something a little bit ago that said Burrow and Herbert were going to wait each other out. It looks like Herbert made the first move. So, Burrow, congratulations on your five-year, $265 million deal. Richest player in NFL history. Herbert's five years, 262. He's only $2 million more than Lamar, so... You know, might as well go 265 for for Joe Burrow. So, yeah, makes that a little fun. Makes that a little interesting. But, yeah, I will be watching Messi's uh, MLS debut because this was his, you know, Inter-Miami debut. This is MLS debut. He's supposed to be starting tonight. I haven't seen anything. I guess I should look that up. I guess I don't know. They have jumped an insane amount of Instagram followers. Like, they're, they have more Instagram followers than, <laughs> than Inter-Milan. <laughs> so... There, it's kind of funny to see. And we're going to see a team with DeAndre Yedlin and Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, Sergio Busquets, and DeAndre Yedlin are all on the same team. That is hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. Five years, 262.5. Impressive stuff. Impressive stuff, Josh. I can't say he can't deserve, doesn't deserve it. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback in the NFL. As we said. Dude's awesome. I like Justin Herbert a lot. So, yeah. Fun. But, uh. The final thing I really want to talk about here, obviously got the Women's World Cup, is the U.S. played Vietnam the same day Messi made his debut. Didn't watch the game again because I was at Oppenheimer, but was familiar territory with that one. I didn't think we were going to get a 13-0 drubbing like we did with the U.S. played Thailand in the 2019 World Cup. 3-0, that's fine. 
that's fine. That's loosely what we were expecting. Sophia Smith got two goals in the game. Lindsey Horan got a goal there as well. 3 nothing, fairly easy. Yeah, not really a lot to write home about there. Now, the United States play Netherlands Wednesday night. That's a, that's a game and a half right there. That's a rematch of the 2019 final. So we've got an insane game on our hands there. Netherlands coming off a one nothing win against Portugal. So this could be fun. It's completely turn the tur- turn the table on its head. But then you look at the third the third day of games. Uh, the Netherlands are playing Vietnam in the last game, which the Netherlands should be able to handle that. But we've had some interesting results here. Sam Kerr for Australia is out for the next two games, which is a massive miss. She's one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. She missed the game. She got hurt in the game, or no? It was a training injury, wasn't it? I thought it was a training injury against the against Republic of Ireland. They won one nothing. They're playing Nigeria on the twenty seventh. But in Group A, Norway's sitting down there with one point. <laughs> they lost in New Zealand, shockingly. Now, we did say New Zealand would have like some random boost because they're at home. First ever World Cup hosting. And they beat Norway in the first game 1-0. Shocking result. And then Norway drew Switzerland 0-0. So Norway's currently sitting in last place with, <laughs> with no goals scored, with a goal allowed. So they're going to need to do some magic against Philippines and hope that Switzerland does some stuff against New Zealand in that last day to make it to the knockout stage. Because that would be our first prediction was wrong. But we did say New Zealand would have a nice turn or have a better tournament because they were the host team, one of the host teams there. We had Canada nil nil draw with Nigeria there as well. We had Spain unsurprisingly beating Costa Rica 3-0. We had Japan. I maybe by maybe the number of goals they scored was surprising, but Japan beating Zambia was not surprising. Five nothing though, that was pretty surprising. Now we got we got a few days until Japan plays Spain. That last day, July thirty first, that's gonna be a fun game. But we got Japan, Costa Rica, Spain versus Zambia. I saw some power ranking. Spain's creeping up as number one team in the World Cup, which I'm not surprised about. What did we say when we were doing the predictions? Spain's the United States' biggest test, and they're not gonna play each other in the final unless Spain finished second in the group. That's the dream final right there, but they, we had them each in the semifinals. Then we had England beating Haiti 1-0, and Denmark beating China 1-0. Pretty boring group right there. Pretty boring group. Group F, we had Brazil beating Panama 4-0. Not surprised at all. That one, let me talk about Japan beating Zambia 5-0. 4-0, Brazil versus Panama, not surprising at all. <laughs> and France, Jamaica, really surprising. At all. This is Jamaica's first ever point at a World Cup. So, very, very surprising stuff. In Group G, we had Sweden beating South Africa 2-1. We had Italy beating Argentina 1-0. Group H, we had Germany beating Morocco 6-0. 6-0. Two own goals in the game as well. And we had Colombia beating South Korea 2-0 there as well. So, yeah. We got some fun games coming up. I have struggled to watch those 2 a.m. games. I have not watched a single 2 a.m. game. This is the problem being Australia. But the United States plays Netherlands, the Netherlands at 8 p.m. So, they're, can- they're pandering to us United States folks over here. So what we need to watch the game. So, yeah, I think that's all I've really got for you today. I don't know if I've got I've missed anything else that I really wanted to talk about. We had fantasy football. We had to submit our keepers this the other day. Got Jer- Garrett Wilson in the twelfth round last year. Getting Garrett Wilson in the twelfth round was not happening. That he was going to go in the second round. We're getting him in the twelfth round, and no one else can take him. But fantasy football is getting around the corner. That's fun. Oh, Isaiah Wilson got a three game suspension. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he's a free agent. This is one of those things where how you get fired on your day off. That's the the whole the, the Friday quote. How how the hell you get fired on your day off? How how do you get fired on your day off? And we got oh, 
We brought up Messi coming to the MLS being a massive move. Uh, Kylian Mbappe. Um, dude, if you're listening, very high chance he's listening right now. Go to Saudi. Go to Saudi. They are offering a 700 million euro, do- million euro salary. 13.4 million euros a week on a one-year deal. He makes $24 a second. $24 a second on a one-year deal. That makes no sense how that's even feasible. They're just going to let him go to Real Madrid next year. He gets that payday, and that's not even including endorsements from Nike and all those guys. And he goes to freaking Saudi Arabia with that fat-ass paycheck, and we're like, dude, and now he's going to play for Real Madrid because everybody's like, oh, I need to see him play for Real Madrid. We need to see him play for Real Madrid. I don't think so. I'm perfectly content saying he's the best player in the world right now, even if he plays for PSG. That's fine. People are going to have their opinions about it, but the dude's freaking awesome. And yeah, I think that's all. Brock Purdy's not on the physically unable to perform list, which is very impressive. We're going to have a legit quarterback battle in San Fran. Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy. Fun stuff. Purdy's going to open up as a favorite, but they're going to give Lance every chance he can to win. And they're saying he's looking good. They're saying he's looked good this offseason, which I'm all for. I want to see both of them play well. I want to see everybody eat in the NFL. I want to see that. And then speaking of Iowa State, before Cade McNamara, who's the most recent Iowa quarterback you remember Hawkeye fans being genuinely excited for? It's Petrus. And he only received 7% of the vote on this poll, which is from the other day. 7% of the poll. They're lying to themselves because hindsight's a very fun, tricky thing. Spencer Petrus was hyped up as the guy that broke all Jared Goff's high school records. The guy who had the number one overall, was the number one overall pick in the draft, who went to a freaking Super Bowl. And people said he was more, he had better numbers in high school than Jared Goff. So they are lying to themselves. They said Petrus was not the most excited quarterback. I was hyped for Petrus. That first game against Purdue, it's like, oh my God, we got ourselves a quarterback. Like, this is the, we're finally going to sit down and watch a good quarterback. And then he didn't have a great game. And then he never had a great game after that. So it was kind of like, ah, shit. Well, that was all all for naught, I guess. (laughs) CJ Beathard ran away with the poll, which I was excited for CJ Beathard, but. In, returns, in regards to how much I was hyped about it, Petrus, I don't think I've ever been that much that hyped for an Iowa quarterback going into a season ever. Like, I was super hyped. And now we're sitting at the point where people are starting to say Cade McNamara is like the second coming of Jesus Christ, which in some ways he kind of is because you're coming for such a low point that anything else is just positive. So I think that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, sincerely apologize. Once again, thank you to everybody that submitted a quarterback rankings list. I greatly appreciate it. Drew it again next year. Any excited for fantasy football? Going to watch Messi's debut tonight. Not going to go to the game, obviously. Can't afford it. But we'll be watching it on TV. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow and like and subscribe to all the Logan Blackman Show social media accounts. And I will see you all later. Peace.